getting hot in here, boys. And I don't mean the McMaster studio. Everyone in Toronto and the Leafs organization feel the heat. Surprise, surprise. That's our topic for today. Welcome to Purposely Offside. Joined alongside Jordan Battaglia, Brian Drzejewski, and I myself, Anthony DiNardo. How you guys doing? It is pretty hot in here, though. I think you just summed that up perfectly. Summer's over, but the heat's still on. Always always just super toasty. How are you feeling after those two za slices pre-show? I think I'm just getting like the, the meat and cheese sweats. Every that's, time that's why it's killing me. Every time we do a pod down here, that is your go-to, eh? That's it. The pizza pizza. So Number one customer. I was gonna hop on with him and grab a slice, right? So I'm like, man, one slice is is like six six bucks. He's like, ah oh, yeah, that's 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 a lot. So circle back ten seconds later, he's like, wonder if there's a two slice deal. So I'm thinking he wants to share with me. We go up. He's like, "Yeah, two slices, like six fifty. I'm like, "All right, cool. Like, I'll have, I'll have the other half." He's like, "No, no, I'm having both." Yeah, Jordan's a classic two slice kind of guy. It's like, oh, I thought he wanted to share with me, and maybe split the pizza a little bit. No, which is which is technically four slices because they're two big slabs, right? So it's just four slices of pizza. I was I'm disappointed. A, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. Sorry, man. I got my peanut butter and jam from a uh, classic from upstairs. So that was yummy. Yeah, that was a classic. Also, I thought you made that. I wish. Oh, okay. It looked good. Anyway, what didn't look good, Leafs last night, losing to the Bruins 4-2. Previous night before that, feels like the Leafs are always playing back-to-back games. They lose 4-3 uh, in overtime to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we're going to kind of sum up uh, sum up the games and sum up what the heck is going on in Leafland. We've got some call-outs today for you uh, from some frustrated Leaf fans that want to share their opinion. But first, let's, uh, let's get a couple of your takes should we introduce the new segment first? Like, should we get some context about where we're going to be starting here? It's oh, a I, first. Oh, I will. It is a first. We are, we, we, we are calling people out. So we're calling out two people. Straightforward. Straightforward. It's easy. Right? We're going to get some opinions, thoughts, a little bit of analysis. You're going to hear a little bit of frustration um, just amongst Leaf fans. And you'll hear takes from non-Leafs fans too, For which sure. I think is important. We don't want to be too biased. We have three diehard Leafs fans in a room right now. Yeah. I think it's important to get an outsider's viewpoint on the Leafs. So what do you guys think of the game? Or what do you guys think of the Leafs so far? What's up? One of the worst starts that I can remember. I, like the, When I think of bad starts, I think of, what was it, 2009, 2010, when they started like 07 and 1. Mm-hmm. I have the same feeling now as I did then. Except obviously a way better uh, Obviously way better a better record now. and a better team. But I have the same sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to describe. Do you guys it, know what I'm talking about? Well, I know about? exactly what you're talking about because it's it's that same sort of feeling. It, it's a little different, but you you the high, you have such high expectations, and now you're kind of you're, you're what uh, they're five four and two, so they're eleven games into the season, and it's like they're not hitting their stride at all. So you're a bit worried. So it's a di- it's a different kind of worry. I think back then you didn't have expectations for them to make the playoffs. Well, sort of. That was the first year of Kessel. Yeah. So I guess so trade two first. The expectations were different, but yeah. It, Nowhere as high as they should be now. No, now, three, they're, now they're like went around, go to the cup final. Three weeks ago, I was saying that this is the first year in a long time that this is guaranteed playoff year. Fast forward three weeks later, I'm thinking they might not even make it. Yeah, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. We might not even make the playoffs. We had a full show. I think it was one of the shows you missed, Brian, where we were talking Leafs Cup contenders. And now we're sitting here, you know, two weeks in. And we're just in the dumps. 
we just we don't know where this team is. They we don't know what sort of identity they have. They got no identity. Their defensive performances night after night are just atrocious. They have a a goaltending situation that's really kind of weird. And their coach is suddenly going to be on the hot seat soon. Like what, what's happening here, boys? Three weeks ago, like you mentioned, Jordan, three weeks ago we were saying Austin's getting 50. He still is. Well. <laughs> he's definitely on pace. on pace for like 70. He might. He might, but, but now. He's, he's not, it's not a, a – he's not playing well. well now things you know don't I mean? look too good. They have, they have injuries. All right, so we got our first caller, uh, Daniel from Etobicoke. Daniel, we're calling you out. What are your thoughts on the Leafs? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um I guess just first, just to give like an overall, an overall opinion on the season so far. I think, I think they've had a shaky start. Um, I really don't know what to make of the team yet. Obviously, their goaltending hasn't been as good as it has been in the past. Anderson hasn't been as good as last year, but I think that will improve. They've been taking many penalties, so they've had to, they've been on the penalty kill a lot. Um, and to add to that. They've also they've also already played a few back to backs, so yeah. Like overall, I don't really know what to make of the season yet, but I'm still cautiously optimistic. I think. But um, to get into the more player specific thoughts, firstly, I wanted to talk about um, Austin Matthews. Now, uh, don't get me wrong, I, he's I think he's arguably been the best player on the team so far. He's probably my favorite player on the team. But just a few things that stuck out to me over the past few games, I think. Like his uh, his defensive play still has a ways to go. Um, the other night in Colum- or in Toronto against Columbus, he was all muscled by Pierre Luc Dubois along the boards. Last night, a similar thing happened against Pasternak, which led to the Marchand goal. I think that was the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I remember reading after Mark Crawford coached him in Zurich his year before. I mean, in his draft year. He said that that's one thing he really has to work on is his uh, body positioning when defending. I think I tweeted out, and Anthony, you retweeted it that like yeah. when it, really when he's defending, he, he plays like he's 150 pounds. Like he doesn't yeah. really know how to sure. use his size well in the defensive zone. Whereas in the offensive zone, obviously he's one of the premier scorers. He he uses he uses it like probably not many players use it, uses size and body positioning better. Right. Yeah. No, I right. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to get your guys thoughts on that. Well, one, you touched on the fact that, you know, you like Austin Matthews. I love Austin Matthews too. I've, you know, I think we all have a big guy crush on him. He's my background on my photo right now, uh, which, <laughs> which uh, doesn't really impress my wife, but yeah, we, I mean, he's a great player. We all like him, but I have the same feelings as you, man. Like it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a little frustrating to see a lack of a 200 foot game by Austin Matthews and not use the size that he has. And, you know, we sat here about three weeks ago and said, uh, Austin Matthews is going to score 50 goals. And although he might score 50 goals, the guy doesn't really rack up the assists and he doesn't seem to make the players around him better. And that's my biggest concern with Austin Matthews. So Listen, far. right. I'm going to I'm going to question both of you on that then. And I agree with with everything you're saying. I'll start with that. But. Mm-hmm. Why does he have to be a 200-foot player? There are great players in the NHL that are just specifically scorers. Why do you guys want him specifically to be a 200-foot player? I, I think when you pay a guy $11.6 million, you want him to be a two-way player, right? It's it's kind of what the way Babcock has coached him to be. And I, I think no matter – hockey is a game where you got to play both sides of the puck. 
you, you can't be you can't be one sided. What if that's just not him though? It's got to be. You have to be if you're a center. It's your center. You, you yeah. gotta be a two way player. Go, go, you go, have oh to yeah, be. for go, sure. Go play you the wing. Go play the wing if you don't want to be a two yeah. way player. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Neilander's um, struggling with right now. Yeah, and that's why he's not playing center. So Daniel, let me ask you then: If Matthews pops fifty in this year, fifty three, let's say, and breaks a Leafs goal record, but he's terrible defensively, are you all still ripping on him coming game eighty two? I am. Uh, yeah, like I, I still think he has he has a lot to improve on. Like I don't get me wrong; he's my he's my probably my favorite player on the Leafs, but I just I just don't know if he'll ever take that next step to become a John Tavares. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe, like I, maybe not under Babcock, but like who knows if he'll if he'll take that step underneath right. another. Coach. And like yeah. I guess like one last point to make on Matthews is I think he's really like a microcosm of the Leafs forwards overall. Like yeah. they're always cheating on offense, uh, cheating for offense. Um, they're always like flying out of the defensive zone pretty quickly. Um, they're not aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. I, so yeah, I, I just think, um, yeah, I, I wanted to get your guys. Yeah, thoughts and, and on I, that. I think that that rubs off on the other players. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when when you're when the guy that's getting paid eleven point six is cheating for offense yeah. and not not being aggressive on on the puck at all times, I think. It, yeah, I agree. It does rub off on the players. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you have time for a second thought or topic. Um, so, yeah, I guess with the emergence of the Muzzin-Berry pairing, I think by far they've been the, best, the Leafs' best D pairing. Um, I still don't know why at times Babcock hard matches Riley and CeCe against the top line, but um, I guess that's a topic for another day. But, yeah. yeah, I guess with the emergence of both players, since we traded for Muzzin last February, I think he's quickly become one of the Leafs' core players. Um, and I think you can make the argument that he, at 5-on-5, five five, he's arguably the best defenseman on the team. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, Riley makes a huge difference on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, Muzzin, with minimal power play time, he's also putting up some points. Barry is putting up some points on the second power play unit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask, like, with both of their contracts expiring next season. I, I was wondering who who do you think they should prioritize, um, given all the factors like the age, uh, what assets we gave up to trade for them, what ha- what side they shoot on, right or left. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll start with the with an answer to that question. I think because we have such a lack of physicality, strength, and I guess we can say grit. My, yeah. my my priority right now is Muzzin because he'll probably come cheaper and he has something and he brings something to the table. The Leafs are really, really lacking. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, I, I just think, I think they'll both come in at, well, Barry will obviously be more, will ask for more, but I think even Muzzin will even come in at at least yeah, five, yeah. five and a half per year. And Barry is a small sample size for the Leafs so far. Um, I mean, I, besides that one spinorama, I don't think we've seen in the, against the Senators. I don't think we've seen much from Barry yet. To, like he, he along with Austin Matthews and Marner, have been kind of invisible for a lot of games this season. But I'm sure there'll be more, um, more to come from from Barry, and, and more to come obviously from a lot of these players as the season goes on. It's just obviously a little frustrating now because we can't seem to beat some of the elite competition in the yeah in the league, yeah i definitely right? agree yeah um yeah i just posed a question because i i don't think 
they'll have any chance of re-signing both of them. So yeah, no, for sure. with, with Dermott's contract coming up, Anderson and Riley coming up the following summer, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Um, yeah. And this will be like another dilemma that they'll be in, I guess, next summer. Yeah, how about you guys? Yeah. Well, I think Muzzin's going to show what the Leafs need and what they'll lack if they lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at guys like, and you said that it's a small sample size for Barry, but the Leafs have like three guys in their team that are all a very similar player. You got Dermot, who's on an entry-level contract still. They got Riley, who they have locked up for a few more years. Mm-hmm. And they got Tyson Barry. You need a guy like Jake Muzzin on your team. Yeah. You need right. him. You have yeah. you have three Morgan Rallies on your team. You have three Tyson Berries on your team. You have three Travis Dermots on your team at the moment. You need a. Uh, He's the Jake only Muzzin. guy that hits. He's the only guy that's physical. He and you and mentioned it too. He's been one of the more physical players. He's been their one of their top defensemen this year. He's comfortable. He's more comfortable with the team this year, and he's definitely a guy that wants to be here. So try to do what you can to keep him. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I totally agree with all those points. Um, but I, I, I just know like when Bab, when, when, um, Dubas traded for him last year, I remember Babcock saying that like, would have been the trace perfect, except for the fact that he shoots left. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we're even having this debate. Barry addresses a need that we've been lacking for maybe three, four seasons, even more. Um, Obviously, Muzzin shoots left, and he's and a little uncomfortable on the right. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Daniel, thank you so much for calling. We definitely will have you back on. We appreciate your insight and Very intake on the insight. Leafs. Um, awesome. We love talking Leafs. We could honestly do it for about four hours. So we'll definitely have you back on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for, for sure, man. Buddy. Take care. Talk to you soon. A lot of good points there. Fantastic, Brian. Who would you keep, uh, Muzzin or Barry? Barry's showing me nothing. I have like, like I said, besides Legit, the one so underwhelming. Yeah, I... besides some skill early on, which is I, again, he's, he's, he's a worse skill. Riley. That S word is pissing me off. <laughs> skill. What skill? And that's kind of that's kind of why I said it because I knew it was like a buzzword. But oh, it's a big buzzword. They have enough of that already. They don't need more. But again, they need defensemen. You need balance between skill and some physicality. Hockey was made popular and born out of physicality. Not but by Dubis. Not by Dubis. But and yes, it's been lost along the way. But if you want to win a Stanley yeah. Cup, you need. To be physical. So so here's something. Let's say they get close to the trade deadline. Do you think they entertain a trade for Barry? Let's say you have a team that wants I, to go on a cup run, maybe needs some more skill. I think there are a few players on the Leafs that are on the trade block for oh, yeah. a defenseman. I think they I all think are. Barry's, maybe I think three, Barry's one of them because, he, it, it is, like Daniel said, it, you can't resign both of them, and maybe your cheaper guy and more realistic guy is Muzzin. I think Kapanen is on that block, and I think Nylander's on that block. Yeah, and Janssen. You think Janssen? And here's the, the thing: I was at a point last year where fans and management tend to overvalue their players and prospects, and I was on team don't trade anybody. I'm at a point now, and it's probably an overreaction because they could bang off in like eight of next ten, and I'll, I'll back off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't care who they trade at this point. Maybe obviously not Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Anderson, Riley. Anybody else should be on the block. Yeah. Anybody else? Right now, I, I the way they're playing, garbage, man. 
it it's they're disinterested. They're not interested. They're not engaged. I feel like they're tuning Babcock out. Here's what it is. They're playing as if they're disinterested, like you said, in October, and they're waiting for the playoffs. What have you guys proven as a group to show that you can do that, that you can coast in October, November, December, and just flip a switch and turn it on when you want? Nothing. We spoke about that last year. Yep. They act as if they can do it, but they can't, or they haven't proven that they can. These are kids that I'm starting to think have been way overpaid too quickly. They pulled out the word in, entitled team. 100%. My goodness. Look look well, at this. Well, you guys at, are finally agreeing with Bri Bri. Well, look at, um, look at last year. You talk about teams like coasting through the season. Perfect example. Tampa coasted through the entire season, destroyed everyone, President's Trophy winners, swept easily in the first round by Columbus. St. Louis Blues, last place in the league in January, fired their coach, interim coach, grinded their way to the end of the season, hit their peak right before playoff time. They were what? Were they eighth? Were they, were they the last wild card? Who? St. Louis. Uh, I got to look back on the standings there. And and they end up winning the cup? Yeah, they were definitely – I think, no, they came third in their, in their they division. End, they, end up, they got hot. I know they, they, they hot, finished well. Yeah. They weren't like first or second. Well, they were last they got in hot, January. But, but they were last in January. Complete opposite team that Tampa was, and look where they both ended up by the end of the season. I think I think the Leafs need adversity. You, you need to face some some incredible adversity to grow. They I think they they were spoiled too early. I disagree. They had with that. too much success. Yeah, and they haven't struggled. I don't think they need adversity. You don't think? I, they need I think it. this team is going to crack under the pressure. But you don't learn. You learn from that, though. They need a little man. You need. You need, a, you need a this, poor wait, season. This you is a mentally season. fragile group. I think they're just. I think they're only good when things are going well. Maybe this is a test, but definitely this has been a 500 hockey team since January 1st, 2019. Worse, worse. Listen, I agreed with Bataglia until he said the the point of they need this adversity. I don't think they need. What it. do you call the 2016 playoffs? The 2017 playoffs, mm-hmm. the 2018 playoffs, that's real adversity, man. This is the worst way you could have started a season. 11 games, you can lose a playoff spot in October. You can't Could be worse. You could one. be 1-6 in six right now. Man, I wish be, they were at this point. They, they have 12 points. They're third but Jordan, in the division. It, it, like, they're third because if they're— If you be- watched the game last night, I was like wondering if Austin Matthews and Marner were actually playing. That's and they're crazy. they're beating garbage teams. That's the thing. Any team that that is either equal or above their skill set, they're losing to. I I don't know if you guys heard what uh, Craig Button said this week with with Austin Matthews yeah. because we keep going back to Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, but that's what you get when you when you get the kind of money that you get. You want to give right? the give people some context um, in terms of his well, comments? yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, Craig Button said. Austin Matthews cannot be considered amongst the league's best players until he starts playing both sides of the puck. And and then you, you look at his stats every year, Austin Matthews. He's got a bunch of goals, but he's got hardly any assists. All right, so is he goal hungry? Is he solely goal hungry? Try to make the players around you better. Austin Matthews, before he signed his contract extension on February 5th, was a plus 30 from that day. February 5th, 2019, Austin Matthews. Guess what he is, guys? He's a minus 10. Minus 10. Wow. 
puts things into perspective. You're listening to Purposely Offside on 93.3 CFMU. Just want to give a shout out to everyone listening online at cfmu.ca. Introduced a new segment on the show today. Shout outs. Call outs. We're having some call outs. Call outs. Call outs. Call outs. I'll get it right. You'll get it right. We actually have, dear friend, no, we don't at the moment. No dice? He no. ghosting you? He's. I'm getting ghosted. You're getting ghosted? That's he's, okay. a, well, he's a Habs fan, so I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. But yeah. Anyway, so like I said, uh, Brian, I don't know if you caught that, minus 10 since he signed his contract extension in Febu- on February 5th, 2019. That's Austin Matthews. Before that, a plus 30. This is a classic example right now. So far, maybe we're making too much of it, but I don't think we are. Based on the least performance from January 1st, this is a team that all got paid, and it seems like maybe that's all they wanted. Where is the will to win? Where is the will to be better individually and make the players around you better? I don't see it. I don't see it. And when you're in, when you're when you're in, when you're invisible against the best teams in the league, and sometimes even the worst teams in the league, I am concerned, and I am genu- genuinely concerned for this Maple Leafs team right now because I don't think they're going to do well under the pressure. Because it it is getting the, the seats. For Dubis, for Babcock, and these players are getting really, really hot. I'm going to bring on David Kolazar, another special guest. Welcome to CFMU's Purposely Offside. How are you doing today, David? Who is this? You know who it is. BG Cool. <laughs> Braddy G. Braddy G. What's going on? Listen, we have a few minutes left in the show, and I've been very vocal with my buddies here, that you rip me apart about the Leafs every single day. I feel like it's my job, uh, my side job. So, <laughs> so I wanted to ask actually something. David lives in Vancouver and is a huge Canucks fan. How's it going, David? Yes, we have hey uh, Anthony and Jordan yep. here. Why do Anthony, Jordan. Yep. Canucks fans hate the Leafs so much? We don't hate the Leafs at all, really. Because we've been so dominant against you for so long that it's hard to hate. It's more like a pity. <laughs> How many cups, guys, do you think the Vancouver Canucks have had or won? Isn't it zero? It's a big zero. But I like I, came close. I, I still respect the franchise. So. so what are you? You were ripping into the Leafs today. We've been ripping into them for the last twenty-two and a half minutes. <laughs> what do you think is wrong with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now? Keep it short because I know you can go on for a full day about that. Oh man, how much time do I got? We got about two to three minutes. Uh, I think it's, you know, I do, your point about maybe Babs has lost the room, possible, but I don't know if that's like a coaching change. It's kind of like a quick fix just to put a Band-Aid on things. And you don't know what you're going to get, who comes in. Um, I kind of feel like your top line is underperforming right now, but it's so early. They could catch fire and all of a sudden you guys would be, you know, singing their praises. So, um, but yeah, I think overall maybe it's a little bit of lack of depth. Maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, your D is kind of pretty offensive. And as much as you guys didn't like your kind of bottom four D last year um, and kind of got rid of them, they, they were solid defensively, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit more than what you have now. For sure. But Especially, uh, um, what's, oh my God, why am I blanking out on his name? Hainsey. Hainsey, yeah. Hainsey was. Yeah, uh, Hainsey is yeah. solid, right? He's a veteran the guy. Yeah. They're missing, they're missing totally. that right now. Yeah. Totally. Barry's he's a really great defenseman, but he's kind of like just, 
you know, a Morgan Riley yeah. 2.0. No, exactly, exactly what I've been yeah. saying yeah. the entire time. You know, 100%. So we that's are kind of my take on it. We've been overreacting hard. And I don't even know if it's an overreaction more so than we actually believe that there's an issue with this team stemming back over the last year. I think there is. But it's typical Toronto that I was just saying, if we win eight of the next 10, we forget about this conversation. And I'm messaging you at work saying how great the Leafs are. We're probably going to win a cup this year. Yeah, you guarantee it every year. It's awesome. I can't wait for it to happen. For the last for the last two years, I've guaranteed, I them. I've guaranteed a Leafs Cup win. <laughs> Just, for how many years? The last two. Oh, well, that's not it's bad. It's awesome because I'll bait them for days, right? Like for days, I'll just be like, so how about that guarantee? Hey, hey, man, what about that guarantee? You going to throw out that guarantee today? And he'll be like, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. Don't do that. And then, boom, first four-game winning streak. It's like, dude, the cup is ours. Yeah, that's, that's Brian. Oh, man. Um, quickly before we let you go, Canucks are off to a solid start. Are you feeling good about them? Feeling good, but, you know, we've had good starts before. Uh, it yeah. seems a little bit different. This year, just in the fact of how we're winning games, more like some of the statistics behind it. We're controlling the shots. Um, we're, we're out shooting opponents. Uh, we're getting quality chances. Once our power play starts clicking, uh, it could be trouble for anybody we face. So well, we're looking more competitive. We're looking forward to playing you guys, and I hope that they change that start again to accommodate the Ontario residents. Yeah, the 7 p.m. start for us. Love the Eastern 7 p.m. start. <laughs> oh, t- don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to have you back on again to have a Canucks segment. Maybe when the Leafs play the uh, Canucks Definitely. in a little while ago, we'll yeah. um, we'll give you a call back. Thanks, David. Sounds good. All right. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks, Enjoy. See ya. Go Canucks. <laughs> Later. So That was David from Vancouver. The only thing... <sighs> Another good call. Wouldn't a coaching change... Hasn't like some of the situations that have gone on in the NHL the past... I don't know, 10 years, and we can look to last year with, with Craig Brewerby being hired in St. Louis. Wouldn't a coaching, doesn't that all point to coaching change could spark something? It can. In, in it a can. sense, and David made a good point, I mentioned this as well, I think Babs has lost the room, but what does bringing in a rookie coach accomplish? I think it's different to coach in the AHL, where you have players that will literally listen to everything that you're selling them to do, as opposed to a rookie coach coming up to the NHL, and now he has to tell basically three $11 million players, you got to do this. Babcock has that ego. But Ruby was a rookie NHL head coach. But maybe who, not a rookie coach. Who on St. Louis can command, or sorry, has, I guess, maybe that type of attitude that a Matthews it's, would have? It's, it's, hard to trans, it's hard to compare. It's hard to say that's going to happen with the Leafs as well. It's probably not going to happen if they, if they bring in Sheldon Keefe. But, I mean, if we're, if we're looking at rookie coaches, I know this is the NBA, but Nick Nurse... Rookie coach in the NBA won a championship. Maybe this generation of players just needs someone to say, hey, go out and play. I was just going to bring up the point. Like, maybe they're looking for a guy who is not a Mike Babcock. That's right. Like, who, who is it more of like a Mike Keenan, hard nosed coach, right? Like, that's what Babcock is. Yeah. Someone who's more flexible. Yeah. Bring in someone more um, Maybe wants to cater more to his player's skill set rather than his own interests or like his own lineup or his own system. Like you got some guys who are like, they talk about like players, coaches and like player, like coaches that tailor the game to the players that they have and cater to them. Then you have these like hard nose, strict coaches, you know, don't develop any sort of personal relationship with their players at all. All you're doing is if you're going out there, you're going out there and you're winning, you're winning for me. That's all I care about. Like, 
good some some teams will win with coaches like that, like a Bill Belichick or something like that. But then you have certain players, and it's and it happens now with like younger players nowadays where they want more. I guess more. I don't want to say. I don't want to use the word lenient, but more like personable coaches who want to cater and and build a team around mm-hmm. the team and not put the focus on a coach or like a system. I agree with all that, and I do want to follow up, and I will do that in the podcast to follow this show. We are running short for time. We had a couple of great guests come on. It was our first time doing that, so uh, we'll definitely be doing that again when we don't have an interview scheduled. Um, we have a couple of great interviews coming up again, but we figured this week, let's have some uh, let's have some fans yeah. on. Let's have some of our friends on, some call-ins. Let, let's hear what people have to say about uh, wanna, the Leafs, the Canucks, everything like that. I want to get into what Jordan was just talking about because I think I – think, um, you bring up a really good point and it's something that we got to elaborate on and we will thank you for listening we will be talking McMaster Sports at some point we do promise we just we really needed to hone in on the Leafs today because we had a lot of anger a lot of frustration built up Um, Leafs Sports is McMaster Sports that's true but Mac Mac has been doing awesome in in all their respective sports so far so uh, once um, once we have a little bit more time we'll definitely hone in on that Tags, you want to close out with some uh, solid plugs? You have about 20 seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at purposely underscore offside and at, at, on Twitter at PO Sports Talk. Thanks right. for listening. Continue to follow and listen on CFMU.ca. If you want to join us for a call-out show, DM us. We'll have you on. Bye, guys. Take it easy. are back for episode 24 just finished our new call out segment for our radio show on 93.3 i like that yeah thanks to daniel and uh, david good all fresh, the way from vancouver first call good fresh perspectives we'll get a few more uh we'll get a few more people on who knows maybe next week maybe the week after whenever we can do this whenever we want um, but just to get your opinions and uh, your thoughts on the Leafs. It's nice to hear a different viewpoint, um, especially a non-Leafs fan, because I think we're all wrapped up in a bubble. And the three of us come in here, and we generally just vent. And I feel like I scream reason about to, the Leafs, right? Reason to vent, though. Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's warranted. It's just, it's nice to know that other people have that same thoughts, or those same thoughts and feelings, right? Yeah. It's not just me yep. thinking about the Leafs basically 24-7, how much they ruined my life. Yeah. Think about how great life would be without being a Leafs fan. Think well, about it for I like was it. so fired up for last night. You know, the, the Leafs were playing Boston. The rings are going on for the Raptors. The banner's getting ri- uh, raised. Uh, the World Series is starting. But the fact that the Leafs lost ruined my night. You were fired up for the Leafs? Yeah. Man, I can't do it right now. Because I was thinking last night. If they go in into Boston and win a game with Hutchinson, like Mm -hmm. convincing win, that I don't want to call it a statement game, but that's a game where you say, you know what, 
all the doubters out there, you guys are wrong. But yeah. we're, we're better than you guys think we are. We can play with the best of the best. We can go into Boston's bar on a back-to-back and win. I thought they got a, they had they had something that they can prove to the fans and to us. And they went in there, and I don't they didn't get spanked, but there was periods of that game where, uh, especially the third period, where they didn't look like the elite team that they're supposed to be, Toronto, um, especially when your star players don't uh, show up to play. I and we have a group chat. We've mentioned this before. I am so high on the third and fourth line now. It's not even funny. Which is crazy, insane. Well, they've been, the, but they've that. been the best two they lines the Leafs have had. I am a, such a fan of those two lines right now. It's nuts. Goche seems like an all new player. I was gonna say, I love how everyone's jumping on the Freddie Goche bandwagon right now because he seems like he f- finally realized that he's like yeah. a a giant. Let's let's get into that in just a second. I want to finish up Jordan's yep. thought because his thoughts more so on the Leafs' top players, the young coaching. guys, the amount of money they're getting, and the coaching. Right. So let let let's go to the let's talk about that. St- third and fourth line in a second let's finish up jordan's thoughts i thought it was very uh very important uh we were talking about coaching changes and how maybe a coaching change for this group of young individuals can be beneficial now let's look at the generation we're talking about here this young generation young millennials young i don't even know if they are i think we're millennials buddy we're millennials they're, i don't know what I think generation are, I think, these kids i are. think uh we're millennials. Generation X. Yeah, they're or on the they're on the cusp of. Uh, no, I don't, they're they're not millennials. Look it up. They're not. They're yeah. not millennials. No. What was it like ninety? What's we're, we're millennials. I can't okay. remember exactly what it is, but let's look at the generation we're talking about here. We're talking about kids that are growing up in a generation where everyone gets a medal, and everyone gets a trophy for showing up. We're talking about a generation of kids, of young individuals who can't who don't take constructive criticism very well. It's we're gen- talking Generation ab- Z. We're talking... Generation Z. We're talking about a generation who, you know, sometimes they think they know it all. All right, so maybe this is the case for the Leafs. Maybe you got a, a, a situation where these guys don't like the hard-nosed style of Babcock. They don't like the structured system that he's trying to implement. They don't like being told what to do game after game after game. They don't like the slow transition of ice time from 17 minutes to 18. Yeah. They just want to go out and play and play to be creative. And be and, creative and, yeah. in terms of how they were brought up, how they were coached throughout their lives. And maybe you bring a fresh voice and a fresh perspective into that room. And like you said, Jordan, someone who can develop a relationship with these players, a rapport with these players, and maybe that brings the best out of them. Because I, I'm telling you right now, I don't see any rapport between Austin no. Matthews and Mike Babcock. And it's we've heard in the news that they've yeah. you know they've had some riffs. Well it's easy to say like, oh it was like two years ago or before last season when Babcock flew down to Arizona, spent time with him, like like, okay, that's great, but like we like golfing together. We, you know, having drinks and wasn't that having a good time, or was it just like you flying down? I don't think a, that was having good. a one-to-one chat saying this is what we need to do. And well, let me get your perspective on this, Brian. Babcock flying down to Arizona is not a good thing. I didn't think so. He he played it off as like, oh, this is what coaches do. You meet with players, but that no. was very very shortly or soon after they got eliminated, and after yeah. there was a lot of reports in there that Matthews wasn't happy. That there was some yeah. sort of disarray. Here's my thing on Babcock. 
And I think it's a pretty good point. You guys can disagree if you want, though. But when the Babcock was hired, the Leafs were in complete disarray. They had been a joke of the NHL since 2004. Mm-hmm. Constant failures, coaching changes like you wouldn't believe. I mean, we had Peter Horachuk here, yeah. oh, wow. Randy Carlisle, Ron Wilson, Paul Maurice. Yep. Just some garbage, garbage times in Leafland. Yep. Babcock coming in put an end to all of that. Like it was a circus here before, and he came in and said, nope. We're going to do it my way, or else you literally will never play here again, and you'll be never heard from again. Yep. At the time, from 2015 until, I'd say, about last year, we needed someone like that. Someone to come in and just be a complete hard-ass, say it how it is, and and have a lot of his players be scared of him because it, it wasn't going to turn into a circus anymore under his watch. I think he's run his course. He's done what, he, what he's needed to do as a coach to bring some stability to the team. Mm-hmm. Time to move on. Thank you, Babcock. Yeah. Thank you. And I would clap and clap and thank him like crazy because I hated 2007 to about 2014. The worst. Miserable. I would thank him for bringing, like I said, that stability to the team. And I would never, never chirp him for that. But now he's starting to bug me. It's crazy how much that this team right now reminds me of the Raptors. I just want to go. Yeah. Like in, in terms no. of when they couldn't win with Demar, yes, and look what they did. They, they were just a, stuck. They and, they and could they, not they could not break through. And look could what they did. It. They made a big move. Big move. So I I really may, think that's going to happen. I think that big move at this during this season is William Nylander. Oh, you're talking that? You're talking, talking, about, a, you're talking about a player trade. I was talking I'm about talk, Mike Babcock. I'm talking. I'm saying maybe both. You think you think a player is gonna they're gonna try something? Well, they, a player first. They have to. And they can't call anyone up right now without going over the cap. Yeah. It's embarrassing. They they have to. But okay, so you trade Nylander for who? I don't know. Like a defenseman with what Dubas loves doing with one or two years on their contract. Someone left? who actually drives the net and doesn't curl on the half board three times. He actually, <laughs> cur- I that's not an over exaggeration. I don't know if you, he yeah, curled three straight times on the half boards yesterday in the same play. It's crazy. It's, it's even bad. worse seeing live though. Oh. It's just here's, but that's the thing. Okay, so you trade a guy with what six years left on his deal for someone who Dubas loves trading for that has about a year, maybe two, and then you're just you lose that player. You're stuck with a guy that's a UFA. Dubas got to show some cojones over here. Doesn't have any. Like Ujiri, I I think he will. Like Masai Ujiri, and whether I don't if it's whether it's Babcock or it's got to be a maybe it's a significant trade to send a message to the guys. Too late. No young guys. I don't think so. It's too late. I don't think so. I think you'll see. And I, I'm telling you right now, Dubas definitely saw something and took something in from this Raptors win. Nah, yes. Maybe. Look at what Scotty Mack said. He's like, if you wanted to be a hard ass, you do it with the Nylander negotiation. But you, you don't. He, he's, he's a young GM who is also learning. And as, but, at okay. a certain point, he's going to learn that he's going to need to make a tough decision. Well, he doesn't want to. He wants to be buddy-buddy. And I he think thinks he, uh, he thinks Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds be, and the, the be, Toronto Marlies are the greatest teams because, on the planet. Because guess what? Guess what's going to happen? It's not gonna come. It's gonna come from up top. It's not gonna come from Shanahan. It's gonna come from their ownership group. The ownership group can't do anything. You don't think they're not gonna do anything? Those two knobs. Those two knobs that were standing on stage with. You don't uh, think that those guys? You don't think the, you don't the think Raptors Tan- are gonna do something? You don't think Larry Tannenbaum is gonna sit there and say, "Listen, <laughs> do you see those guys? What the owner, the CEOs of Rogers and Bell? It's grabbing those, grabbing the rings like they like they actually yeah. did something. That's the first Disgusting. time. That's the first time I've." Ever seen those guys before? They yeah. were on stage. Thank, with thanks for coming down year. from the, the suite to join us today. First time I've ever seen those guys 
anywhere near those teams. They were front and center at the at the in uh, Golden I'd State see, last year. And that's the thing. I had no idea who those guys were. I saw them I before. Them I, saw, I saw them when they won the Great Cup, but when they won the MLS Championship, but they never saw them. <laughs> it's so never awkward. So I don't you mean see to Larry Tannenbaum. He, he's the he's like the the ownership face of. MLSE, the MSLE group, but I don't mean to get off topic, um, but you think sorry. those two guys are going to come down and they're, say they're hey, eventually there eventually will be pressure because they're paying a ton of money to these guys, and eventually they're going to say, "Listen, you st- you better start making some moves, and we better start winning some hockey games." No man, Here, or you're gone. Here's They'll the, easily replace Dubis. Here's the thing, though, Jordan. easily. Here's the thing. We both know the answer to this question that or the statement I'm going to say right now. What's it easier to do right now? Replace the players or replace the coach? It's easier to replace the coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though we're pissed at Mike Babcock, and I think we all agree that maybe they do need a change of voice if if this continues, I, I there's a, there is a side of me that right now at this moment does feel a little bit for Mike Babcock too. He's and, taking all the heat because he's taken a lot of heat, and he has made. Some, I got he, to give him some credit. He's made some changes in this past week, right? He moved Marner with Matthews. That hasn't really played out too well. Disgusting. Right? He's moved more up and down the lineup. That hasn't worked out too well. All right. Um, <laughs> he's resting Freddie. He's he's resting Freddie. Okay, yeah, he's, well, that's he's, just, he's, he's a little stubborn. That, he's still he's, stubborn on the yeah. back-to-back on when to start uh, Freddie Anderson. Bottom line is he, Babcock's made some changes. He's he's shown this last week that – in this last week that, okay, I'll, I'll meet you guys in the middle. I'll make some changes in the lineup. But right now, like – Personally, for me, I'm more pissed at the players right now than yeah. my Babcock. They're, they're I just not think up to their potential. I just think that, that the easier change right now is Mike Babcock. Yeah. The easier change and, and the easier target right. is Babcock. Yeah. Because it's, it's easy to pick up on some of the certain decisions he makes with matching lines and backup goalie and whatever else you want to say. But it's easier to pinpoint it on him than blame you know, 20 players. Yeah, there's yeah. always he's easy, a whipping easy boy scapegoat, right now. And, yeah. and it's always the coach. You see that, and you see that hockey or athletic sports all the time. It's always the coach that ends up, you know, taking the bullet. But I think if you really want to shake this team up, you trade a player. No, man, they traded. They look at the, the turnaround that they've already had from last year. How's that not you a shake? shake up a team? Trade a Nylander. How is that not a shake yeah. up? Look at the guys they, they traded away. They traded Kadri, who's a uh, longest serving Leaf, next to Riley since. Um, from last year, they trade him. What do they bring on? Nine new guys? How's that not a shakeup? But if you want to trade someone... Like, I'm saying... Jordan's talking more so about a message. Yeah, a message. Trading Kadri wasn't a, sh- a message? No. What was that then? Trading Kadri was just getting rid of the guy that got suspended in the last two playoffs. Yeah. That's a message. You want to trade a guy? Trade a guy that's close to Austin Matthews and And what, Mitch piss Warner. him off? Yeah. Wait, Great, listen, idea. Wake the hell up. Great idea. Great idea. Trade away. I agree. Trade away Matthew's NHL. best friend. Guess what? Look what happened yeah. to the Raptors. Yeah, you know what? Trade away Matthew's best friend. They deal with it. Look what happened. Bud. Go back to the Raptors. Look what happened. Kyle and Demar, best friends. True. Messiah Man, comes there's... in. We're winning. I don't care about who you, you are and what kind of relationship but you e- have. But even we're for the, even for this, the relief on the cap, it makes sense. It opens up a lot. Seven more million dollars. They can go after defensemen to fill those holes. They can trade. They can bring up guys if they really need to. I don't know. To, if, like, I don't know if Brian knows, but like, is there anyone around the NHL that they like that right now a team is looking to get rid of, like defensemen or some hard nosed gritty player? Josh like, Anderson. Yeah, in that, Columbus. That would be a guy. Oh, like, that's a guy. Boy. They're looking at moving. That, they're looking at I don't think he's. Is, no, I don't think they're moving him. But yeah. that is like the the perfect player you could have named right now because that's exactly what we need. You give you a, need a you need a Tom him. Wilson, bud. 
Tom Wilson or Wayne Simmons or something. Ryan Ryan Reeves. And I'm not saying these guys are available, but that's who you need. And I will give Nylander away right now for Ryan Reeves, a second-round pick and some cap relief. Seriously. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I'm not joking. I'm just laughing at how, like, (laughs) I, I, if you asked me last year, there's no way in hell I'd take it now. Give me Ryan Reeves, a second-round pick and some cap relief. Yeah. So I can actually call up a player and get a backup goal and get a and get a, and get a backup goalie for over seven hundred thousand dollars. I agree. I, w- I would trade Kapanen for Josh Anderson though. I think Ryan Reeves, Tom Wilson, those guys aren't going anywhere. I feel like someone like Josh Anderson would for a guy like Kapanen. I trade Cap. I trade Neander for Jamie Tennant. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Denaro's fired up right now. <laughs> He's so fired up. I love it. He's- He's bringing the heat. That'd be a good a good trade. No one knows who that is, but we do. That's a good trade. That's a great trade. Stand up guy. You still, get cap, you still get crap relief. Stay at home defenseman probably wears number four. No retweets. <laughs> That's so. Uh, funny. No one knows what we're gonna be what, like. What this is about right now? It's no, part. it's it's well, inside joke. It's one like, of the worst things on radio is an inside joke, but it's so funny. Yeah. I thought I'd make you guys giggle. That was a good one. No, I, I yeah. Aside from trading for him. I think a Josh Anderson is probably a guy you'd have to target because Vegas isn't trading away Ryan Reeves. He's their go-to player. Yeah, I know. They love, I, I, they I, I, love I'm just, them there. I'm just using that as an I example. Know. There's no way we're getting Ryan Reeves. But here's the thing. If Babcock goes and if it's still Dubas's team, he's not trading for someone like that. He doesn't believe that that works. It does. He's Mr. Skill in analytics. Oh, Dubas, yeah. He sh- man, that still. I said from day one, Tim Hunter should have been the guy. And I got torn I apart. I don't know. Uh, for what? The GM. Mm. Oh, t- how about Lou, though? Lou, no, if Lou wasn't going to stay, if, there was no Lou reason had. to let him go. Zero reason not to resign yeah. him for another few years. Let him play out what he's already what he's already tried to accomplish here. But if you were going to replace Lou with anyone, it should have been Hunter. Grittier guy. I, I can't see him folding under pressure to an agent. Mm-hmm. Older guy, tons of experience. He has like 30 years on Dubas, maybe 25. And he just seems like a hard nosed, like gritty, hard ass GM. I think we all, we we talked about this last time. I think we all agreed Lou was the perfect guy for the job, and that's why it's so frustrating. He was the perfect guy for that for those contract negotiations. But they were scared of letting Dubas go. Go, yeah. leave, man. What experience do you have? You built a good Marley's team. I could build a good Marley's team. That's a great point. And I know I know you got to leave soon, Brian. But like, I just want to talk about this for a second because it relates to Kyle Dubas and what you just said. Since when has puck possession ever won a team a Stanley Cup? This is not soccer. I know. Dubas all about oh, puck possession, skill. When has puck possession ever won a team a cup? It doesn't. Carolina had like thirty-one percent puck possession last year, and they made it to the third round. Off to another hot start. Mm-hmm. With Jay Carner. Wait, wait. Is it second or third round Carolina made it to last year? Third. Conference third. Finals. Yeah, conference finals. I know. It's their puck possession was less than the Leafs last year, and they made it to the conference finals. I don't know. It's Justin a, Williams. This is, like we're that. talking about a league where you got to dump, chase, and forecheck and cycle. Not you can't just carry the puck I, the I, whole I game. Can't stand when they do that. You can't carry the puck the whole game. I've been specifically watching when the top two lines, and it was noticeable last year, but now it's all I can focus on. They dump the puck in, opposing defensemen get the puck. And they wrap it around the boards, and they don't even come close to touching the person. Oh my goodness, it, that's so. 
so it makes me so angry. If you're watching game tape, I would tell a defenseman, hey, you have all the time in the world. They might come stick check you, but they're not going to body you. Yeah. You don't have to be scared about getting hit from behind or having your head taken off mm-hmm. or even, even just getting rubbed into the boards. You're going to pass the puck, and they're literally just going to chase the puck. You have nothing to worry about. So as a defenseman, you're, you are making a play in your own end with ease and comfort. Yep. If, if everyone wants a great drinking game for Saturday night, watch the Leafs-Habs this Saturday night and count how many times, or every time, sorry, the Leafs dump the puck in uh, to the offensive zone. Uh, and every time a Leaf player does not check that player or refuses to check a player, take a shot. Top two lines only. You won't make it past you're gonna be 10 waste, p.m. You're going to be wasted by the first intermission. <laughs> I think that you only have to do that with the top two lines because the, the third and fourth line. Goche. Timoshov. Goche. You're getting dirty and in corners, Goche. boys. Yeah. Timoshov's nice, though. He's, Nick Shore is hitting, too. Yeah. Like, And that's not all I'm looking for because we've had a lot of teams over the years with, like, Fraser McLaren. They beat everyone's head in, but they finished dead last. So I'm not looking for that. Just looking for some heart and some energy. I'd trade Elander for Fraser McLaren right now, too. Totally. We should have him on. But you're right. Like, if there's any, if there's, <laughs> we should have him on. <laughs> if there's any, like, bright spot right now, it's it's what you guys were talking about to begin this show, is is the, the bottom two lines. They're making good plays, too. Like, they're chipping in offensively, which is nuts. They're turning the puck over. That's why. Like, yeah. they're forcing teams to yeah. turn the puck over. Because yeah. they're going into the corner. And they're pressuring guys. And they know, these guys know if that third and fourth line is out there. And you have Timoshov coming full speed ahead. He's going to run you into the board as hard as he can. I like Timoshov a lot. I like Mikheyev. And I love Kerfoot. Yeah. Love those. Good additions. Th- very good additions. The bottom, th- bottom six. I absolutely love them. Love them. Yep. And, and I don't know why the top two lines won't take a, a hint from them. Hey, hit, hit a player, man. I saw, I saw a tweet the other day. It was like, Everyone used to rip on Freddie Gocek because he didn't know how to skate. Now he's his, his skating's improved so much that if he can learn how to hit, the guy's just going to be like an Eric Lindros, number two. Oh, I don't know. Not Whoa. skill-wise. Like, I'm talking about like physicality. Ryan Boyle, things. maybe. No. Yeah, <laughs> like Ryan Boyle. Somebody throw it Lindros. Gocek like, turns into Lindros, then <laughs> wow. I'll trade you there for no, a bag like, of pucks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, relax on the Lindros talk. But, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like he needs if he does add that physical element. Look at look at him in the face off. Look at him in the face off circle against Bergeron. He won. He's won the majority of the face offs against Bergeron. He won more than Matthews. You're telling me you're coming in. He's throwing Bergeron in the defense. He's throwing Goche out in the defensive end against Patrice Bergeron, and he's winning the majority of the draws against him. That's crazy. He's he's averaging over sixty something percent this year. Easily one of their most improved players. Best face off guy since No Panic Yannick Perot. Yannick Perot. That no one took a face off like that guy. I still remember watching the early 2000s and, and seeing him go out there. I'm like, we're winning this face off. I just knew it was oh, like a nine year old. I'm like, that guy there is going to win that face off. He was like a poor man's Bergeron. <laughs> yeah. Just as good on the face off, not as effective as uh, as a player as Bergeron. But he was, I loved Yannick Pro. I think they brought him back for, like, didn't he come back a couple years later? I think. I mean, we're, we're going way back now, but reminds me of Thomas Blakanitz. Oh, man. What a weird experiment that but was. Thomas pre-leafs. Like, every, every time I think of that. Thomas Pekanek, I think of sitting in Preet's basement watching Game Three <sighs> two years ago. When he scored. When he scored. That was a nice goal though, right in the nice slot. Goal, yeah. yeah. And he lo- that was the only thing he did that entire series. That was a product of Lou. Lou was the perfect guy to take this team into somewhere where they couldn't be so cap stricken. 
and, and and go through that whole negotiation with this group and that's that's the frustrating part in all this is we had the guy but we opted for the younger guy maybe with the brighter future but like you said jordan is learning but unfortunately uh in a business like this um we can't really afford any mistakes and maybe it's better just to learn how to negotiate from lou and then go into the job because right now this learning curve is is um is hurting the team in terms of its lack of cap space i don't know why shanahan and i I believe it's just shanahan's decision why he thought it was a good time with all these young contracts coming up to give dubas the experience now what what was the fear in losing someone like that what what was the fear? I don't. I, I guess he just you know valued him as a strong mm-hmm. individual so maybe, who is who has had a track record of build a, a track record of hockey knowledge in building uh, in building a successful OHL franchise um, in a great hockey mind that can potentially build a good a great sorry. NHL franchise but you're not negotiating with junior players no, you're not I ne- know, I know. you're barely negotiating yeah. with AHL players I and know. if you are it's for 150,000 you know what I mean it's just and then you see all the, the other when we talked about this with Scotty Mack we we saw all the other deals come out the all these bridge deals and it's like the Leafs got fleeced they and got now fleeced. they're at a point where they can't even call anybody up yeah. and my thing is if Lou was here I think the agents all know how Lou works and they would have told their clients, hey, listen, if you don't sign, he's shipping you out. Or he'll find a way to make sure you barely play again or that you go to the worst team in the NHL. So yeah. you better just sign the dotted line. You're going to make your $8, 9000000 million, whatever. And I think get less criticized. If Matthews is making 8.5, let 9, 9 mil, Marner was at 7, Nylander was at 5, we'd still be ripping him. But we wouldn't be... I, I, don't, I don't think we would. I, We'd still be mad about the start, but we wouldn't be as vocal, and Leafs Nation wouldn't be as vocal if they were making combined like eight million dollars less. Because they, if all of them made one million dollar less, we could sign a backup goalie. I know you signed one or two defensemen, one good defenseman for like three mil. Do you not think? And before I go, it's just a quick point. I was talking to a buddy earlier about this. And I'm sure Dubas and Shanahan know a lot more than we do, but they're getting paid in U.S. dollars. Am I right? Yes. So why not go into the, those negotiations and not only the sponsorships that they're going to get, the millions of dollars, say, listen, if you take $9 million U.S. dollars, that's like 13 and a half Canadian. You're living in a Canadian market for the next seven years, for example. That had to have been part of the discussion, no? So then why sign for 10.893 and 11.6 and 11? Because it's about uh, who cares about it's, it's about it's making the top market, dollar market value market value yeah they were they, they were above market Location. value that wasn't market value at the time they're they're I'd say five times market value well, clearly these guys wanted their money they got it and that's why we're sitting here being so critical because when you have a certain dollar figure you are expected to perform a certain way I agree I, bottom I'm, line. Before I'm so angry and like we're, we're, you know what? We're depressed gonna, now. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up anyway. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, Jordan. We're gonna wrap up. You, or you want to talk some more? I'm down. Jordan will talk till right. the 4 a.m. if you mm-hmm. want. I'm down so, to wrap up because we're gonna have 
even more to talk about next week. Yeah, and I think we've covered we've covered a lot. Excellent covered, points, and yeah. I don't want to uh, any more than drag this, this just on rambling, any more yeah. than we need to ramble. Well, well, we're gonna wrap up as we um, wrap up. <laughs> we got a few more texts in on our Instagram of guys that want to come on uh, next week or. Um, I like whenever, whenever, whenever yeah. we do the call out segment again, so we we have some other guys lined up. They're they just messaged me on Instagram right now. They're actually um, texting me their opinions right now. But um, good, I'll have to tell them to come on and share those with us next time. For big games against like you know rivals like you know um, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver teams like that, we should have an opposing fan on. Absolutely. Oh, you a lot of we, we, we got a lot of those. Yeah, week. we got a lot of those. So anyway, before the, we wrap, I gotta give go you a prediction. Yeah. Sharks, Canadians. I'm not making any predictions. Oh, and two. I'm not making any predictions. I had a hot take this past week before before the week started in our text group, our WhatsApp group. I predicted they were going to lose all four this week. I think they will. They're on two now. I think they're going on two this weekend. Maybe sneak out a win against um, against San Jose, but then you're going in the Montreal with Hutch. Sharks Leafs Friday at seven o'clock. That's a home game. Leafs on the road on Saturday night against the Montreal Canadiens. You guys are at the wedding, right? Yeah. Yep. I was gonna say let's wheel. We're gonna be greased. And then Tuesday, October 29th, Capitals at Toronto Maple Leafs. And then those are probably the, the three games we'll analyze going into next week's podcast. Ooh, if, if it's tough, 0 and tough, three, that's potential. I'm coming in the studio wasted on my mind. If they're 0 and three by next week. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, that was fun. Really right, good guys. time. Good times. Till next. I time. promise. Once the Leafs get better, we'll stop being as um, so depressed. <laughs> no, this is fun. I know. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. See ya.